1: Hello everyone, welcome back to Roto-Biz Overtime on Roto-Biz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and I'm joined by Sean Siegel. It's going to be another fun show today, Sean, we are going to be joined in just a moment by Travis May. We're going to go through some thoughts on round one, and it's going to be a fun conversation as we make some... Bull predictions as to what might happen come Thursday night. And I think it's gonna be a fun week for the listeners. We have lots of content coming out. his Overtime is on Monday and Tuesday this week. We'll also have a Saturday show recapping the NFL draft. But that their show will come out late Saturday afternoon. So I know some people like to get those Saturday morning OTs and listen to them when they're doing different work around the house or, or yard work or that. But um this one will be coming out late Saturday. So uh, probably around 5 p.m. Eastern. But we will have Stadium Bananas coming out this week. We'll have lots of content to keep you uh, you know, filled up to date with the draft and all the outgoings of that. Myself and Zachary Kruger are going to record a recap of round one. That will come out on Friday. So lots of stuff coming out. But Sean, yourself and uh, Ben are going to be joining the ship chasing guys for a, a live stream on YouTube of NFL Draft uh, round one. So subscribe to the YouTube channel if you want to get uh, – and, and see that. But that's going to be on on Thursday. But Sean, you might have some more insights. I know we're recording this one on, on Monday, but you might have some more insights into the, the fun goings on that you might be having.
2: Yeah, it's just, it's going to be the most fun week ever, right? We're doing these shows with Travis. Part one was awesome, part two will be great today. You mentioned that you're going to be doing a recap show with Zachary Kruger. Zach and I just finished our last never too early best ball tournament draft with the ffpc we were in a slow draft where you know there were, there were quite a few picks that timed out down the stretch so it did stretch out over the last week but it is done we love our team we'll have some content on that the ffpc obviously also releasing their new best ball tournament you can get in sign up over there we'll have lots of content for you on the site with the best ball tools and the roster construction explorers to beat those but it's always fun to draft with zach and to put that kind of team together we're hoping that we can make a run this year zach and i had a team that made the playoffs last season but got nipped in the first round we're not able to to move into that second week you mentioned stealing bananas we're gonna have a blast with the ship chasing guys on thursday night we're gonna do a friday stream of the draft we'll have our normal show coming out tomorrow one of the things that zach and i did at the very end of our nte was to take tyler goodson a player i wrote an enthusiastic article about recently for the site he's someone who is projected to go at the tail end of the nfl draft he's one of my guys where i'm hoping that he either gets drafted earlier than projected or goes to the perfect team we'll get a chance to ask travis today who maybe he's looking at and is hoping will go earlier or to the right team so let's get into it we'll find out what Travis's bold predictions are for the 2022 NFL draft
1: yeah and Sean I couldn't let it go just when you mentioned that I can't think of a better way to watch along to the NFL draft than to hear you Ben Pat Corrine and and Pete's sayings and look the draft starting here I think 1 30 a.m on Thursday night and I really should be in bed and that was my intention but I really think that just for how entertaining that's going to be, I, I may even have to stay up. So make sure you are subscribed to the Road of His YouTube channel, it will be airing there. And uh, the link to that is in today's show notes to make it convenient and uh, you'll be able to watch Sean and Ben and the guys have an awesome time as those picks roll in and and sneak behind the curtain. We have already recorded this part with Travis and uh, Sean, you'll hear his concerns of uh, who the Chiefs might take in the draft and uh, whether it's the players that he wants to select or not. So in this scenario, I think that's another perfect reason to make sure you're checking into that live stream on Thursday evening to see Sean's reactions to whatever the Chiefs may do in round one but let's jump into so back again for the second podcast of the week it is travis may and of course we did mention at the end of the show earlier this week but follow travis on twitter it's at ff underscore travis m but are you ready for some bull predictions here today travis uh
3: absolutely i'm just gonna be throwing crap out and and also <laughs> being a wet blanket as well i just gotta gotta mix it up gotta gotta bring the fire but also bring the wet blanket just just because you gotta, you gotta have that balance.
1: Yes, yeah, so we'll see how we'll see how this plays out. But the NFL draft obviously happening over the rest of this week starting Thursday. We are going to do some pretty rapid fire questions. But what I'm going to do is lay them out to Travis and I'll lay them out to Sean and we'll see if we have any consensus or, or any differentiations and we'll see then what happens to play out. But the first thing is going to be a little bit of kind of how many. So we've talked on the show. On Monday about quarterbacks and wide receivers so first up quarterbacks and the first round how many quarterbacks Travis do you see being taken day one I think at least three I think uh we can definitely bank on Malik Willis
3: we can definitely bank on Kenny Pickett whether or not that's a good decision is up to uh <laughs> well we'll see uh but then Matt Corral I think is another guy who should be safe I think uh NFL decision makers are very high on him and uh, I am too. I think we, we talked about him earlier this week. Uh, he's got great, great peak pass efficiency and rushing production. I think he'll go. And then after that, like Howell and Ritter uh, could be the wild cards that pass up and go instead of Corral. But I I'd, whoever drops out of round one, I think, uh, you know, round pick 34, 35, somebody trades up. We'll see like five top 40 or so quarterbacks in this class.
1: Sean, we've talked a good bit about the quarterback class on, on the podcast itself, and we've talked about trying to get those quarterbacks on our fantasy team. So we've drafted before the NFL draft. Do you think it is going to be five as well, or do you think we'll we'll be seeing four go in the first round?
2: No, it's going to be all five.
1: And then I'll let I might I might flick this back and and forth, but top fifteen, Sean, I'll let you jump in on this one. Do you, how many do you see in that in that top fifteen?
2: Four, right? And it's going to be similar to the draft with Mahomes and Watson where teams get in there to get those guys in the top 15 and as soon as the draft starts as soon as the first five picks are done teams are going to be moving to try and get up there and get their guy out of that group that Travis described so beautifully on
1: Monday yeah that'll be exciting I think once those trades start to kick off it'll be interesting and that would only be good for my Packers and your Chiefs Sean if, if some of those other players can uh, moved down a little bit then on the on the, the board. How, are you in agreement with that, Travis? I think it's actually just going to be two top 15 and then uh, one to
3: three that get close to that. Uh, just depends on how the draft goes, but uh, I think Willis is kind of locked in there, Pickett. Um, you know, a few teams like him more than they should, but the other three are just, I, they're all over the place for me in terms of where I could see them going just because of where teams are currently situated and whether they think they need to trade up. Uh, in terms of the teams that I could see taking a, a quarterback, so I think uh, one or more uh, drops uh, to you know like the Saints or the Steelers or something, somebody else that that could be uh, looking for their future signal caller later in round one. But you know we'll we'll see here soon.
1: We, we did uh, joke a little bit about it on Monday's podcast with the wide receivers that may end up with the Chiefs, but I hinted at it there. We're hoping to get some wide receivers to both the Chiefs and the Packers in this draft. So round one for wide receivers. How many do you see going, Travis?
3: Uh, Anymore, it's like five or six are always in the mix. And so I think we see at least four, if not six, uh, go in round one. Um, uh, If I had to bet, I would say six, just because of kind of like the conversation we had earlier this week. Teams are just really desperate for that position. They're really desperate for... For elite playmakers, and and, and <laughs> that as evidenced by the twenty-plus million dollars getting shelled out to the position at the top right now uh, to Devonte Adams and company. But uh, Garrett Wilson, you know, Jamison Williams, despite him uh, coming off the injury, Drake London, Chris Olave, those four I think are the safest for me. Uh, but after that, I, I do believe that guys like Traylon Burks, Jahan Dotson, even Christian Watson could sneak into the end of round one because. Teams just really want that position. And uh, Traylon Burks, I I think every bit deserves to be a first-round pick, given his production profile, given him being an absolute unicorn in a billion ways. Uh, But the other two, I think, are kind of fringe first-round. Well, uh, Christian Watson's not, but Jahan Dotson's on that fringe that he might not go and he might not deserve that early
1: capital uh, either. So we'll set the over-under, Sean, for first-round picks at six. Are you going above that or below that?
2: I'll take nine. I'm going to take all of those guys. Oh, I think have... Sky Moore and George Pickens go in the final couple of picks of the first round.
1: We're going to have all, hey. it's going to be just all Woo. wide receivers and quarterbacks in, in round one. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> that would be fun. That would be super fun for fantasy purposes. It would oh be. It would be, be amazing. And then uh, top 15, Travis, back to you. Top 15 wide receivers. Uh, I'll set it at over under three. Uh, top 15, man. That's going to be a
3: close one. Uh, I think it's going to be under three and we're going to see Garrett Wilson being the only lock I feel like goes that early. And
2: then there will be a run later in the round uh, at the position. And Sean, how are you fitting on that? That's the way I also have it. I think it's going to be one. I think it's going to be Wilson. And then as teams move up to get those quarterbacks, it's going to push the other guys out of the top 15. But as soon as you get out of the top 15, they're just obviously going to be going like hotcakes. Yeah,
1: let's even talking about this. I can I can feel the excitement just uh, building. One of the players we've talked about possibly the most on the shows over the last uh, month to six weeks is is Brees Hall. Where Travis, do you think his approximate pick number is within a, a four pick range? Oh my gosh, within a four pick range—that's
3: that's quite the dart void you got for yeah. me. Um, uh, I think it's going to be in between picks forty-four and forty-seven. Yeah.
1: Okay. So we're into the the mid second round there, Sean. Do you think before or after that pick range for for Brees?
2: Well, I think the, if I'm wrong about the wide receivers, and obviously I'm probably <laughs> going to be wrong, it opens up a possibility for one of these teams to say, "Look, I mean, the actual good prospect here, and by good, I mean elite prospect, is Hall." His score in the running back prospect lab is fantastic. He has the production. He has the athleticism. I think teams are going to look at what happened with Jonathan Taylor and be like, why did we pass on a guy who changes everything for positions maybe that we thought were more important at the time, but we're going to get just a far less talented player. One of the things I look back with here is Christian McCaffrey and where he was being projected pre-draft. And then maybe it was a couple of days before the draft that it, you started to hear rumors that he could go earlier, but he was projected at the end of round one. And you're looking at him thinking, I mean, this is one of the greatest running back prospects of all time. And if he's able to do what his profile suggests, that he completely changes the game. You know, why would that person not go in the top 10? And then the Panthers, it turns out, actually were on him, despite where he was being projected the whole way i'm gonna have 16 to 20 as the range here i think there's a team out there that actually thinks hall can change their offense in a big way and you know we've got a lot of teams out there who can't pass because about half the teams don't have quarterbacks there are some teams that are going to have to try an old school approach to be competitive at least in the near term
1: yeah that was going to be my bounce back question if both of you had went for i'd say the first round was is there a chance that he does go in the first round so i'll put that to you travis you said in a mid-second round, do you think there's a chance that he goes in that first round?
3: Yes, and, and mainly I, I love Brees Hall. I think he's been—I don't know—he's been around my first overall player in most most formats or in that conversation uh, among that top tier for, I guess, over a year for this class, maybe two years for this class. And so I love Brees Hall. And, and what he did to really perfect his profile and have back-to-back 1,700-yard seasons and then show up to the combine and crush everyone's expectations and uh, be a, an athletic specimen too. Uh, he, <laughs> he has far and away the most obvious running back one profile in the class. Um, and, and really, other running backs haven't helped themselves out too much. Isaiah Spiller has not helped himself out. Kenneth Walker kind of did, but he wasn't as impressive as Brees throughout the process and uh doesn't have as good a profile either so if there's a clear running back one and it team's like i don't want anybody besides Brees, uh so i could see somebody uh, reaching for him but but given how um teams invest in the position that that really informed where i thought he would go i think given where uh teams are valuing valuing that position even in a stacked group that we thought was amazing in 2020 glad Edwards Hilaire was the first one to go at pick 32. Sorry to bring up to, you know, open old wounds there for you, Sean. But uh, I mean, so I think that, you know, the teams are going away from that position. That was really more than more what it was about than uh, Hall's ability, because uh, I think he firmly should be in that first round discussion. He's that talent. He's the obvious no debate running back one in the class to me.
1: And you touched on it there the Edwards Hilaire and the Jonathan Taylor picks. Is there any chance this year that we actually see Walker or somebody else go ahead of Brees Hall as the running back one in the draft, Travis?
3: Yeah, I think Walker's probably the only one that has the, the opportunity to, to, for that to be the case. I mean, nobody thought it was going to be Clyde edwards Blair going into it, um, and so maybe I'm wrong, <laughs> and I am that sometimes, uh, but uh, I, I don't think there's there's anyone that could do it besides Walker um and if it is somebody I'm praying it's Rashad White because that would be amazing but uh because that's like my bay in this class oh my goodness but uh no it's it's gonna be Brees it's gonna be him running back one
1: I think Sean you're probably sitting uh the same way it's definitely gonna be Hall that's the the first running back there's nobody that should unless it's a Edwards situation there's nobody that should challenge him there
2: well I mean nobody should challenge him that is I mean, that's not the way the draft <laughs> works so no I mean, <laughs> it, you want a guy with like a, a 16 score in the running back prospect lab, it, it seems like, you know, why not just take Damian Pierce there? And then for the rest <laughs> of his career, you can be like, well, you know, it's still not as bad as what the Chiefs did. So the, the team that makes that move can always look back and, and make that claim
1: moving on now to some wide receivers again and this and we are recording this on monday evening the 25th so some stuff may break between the release of this podcast and obviously the nfl draft and and how things go but do you think that debo samuel gets traded before or during the draft travis yeah i could see it during
3: yeah i think i think so um I think when when teams actually see the names coming off the board and they're panicking and thinking, oh gosh, I need this player now, I, and or maybe they miss their wide receiver that they absolutely had to have, and they're like, well crap, that Debo guy, he, you know, maybe I can go grab him, and so there's another blockbuster trade for him along the way. Um, I could see that happening for sure. I, I wouldn't say that it's um, more likely than not, but I'd say uh, 40% chance, you know, or close to it that Debo gets traded before or during uh because he he clearly wants out which which is bizarre to me because he has like the most incredible role in the entire nfl but I, I, he's already had health concerns even before he got to the nfl and if he wants uh to you know if, if quality of life is really important to him i, I get it but man uh, uh potentially abandoning the coolest role in the league right now like that's that's, that's kind of weird Hey, RotoViz fans, this is Dave Cabin from the RotoViz Fantasy Football Podcast, taking a minute to let you know that as a loyal RotoViz listener, you can get 10% off a one year subscription when you use the promo code RVRadio2022 at checkout. It gives you full access to all of our content and tools. And again, that's RVRadio2022 at checkout for 10% off a one year RotoViz subscription.
4: are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.
1: And uh, to tie these both in, because if he is treated, we talked about the Packers, the Chiefs, They have two first-round picks each, and then the Jets are really the team that has been linked mostly with Samuel. But is there a chance that Debo goes to one of those teams? And the second part of that question is going to be how many first-round wide receivers do both the Packers and the Chiefs select?
3: Okay, sorry. That's an open-ended question. So yeah, does
1: does Debo (laughs) land with uh, either the Packers or the Chiefs? Uh, I think it would make a lot of sense with the chiefs
3: and uh, i don't know about you sean but i would love that if debo went to the chiefs because uh they, the way that they deployed tyreek and, so, and with so much motion and uh, just confusing defenses like that that's perfect for samuel he's not the vertical threat necessarily that well at all that uh, tyreek hill is or was but he he brings the schematic confusion that I think Tariq Hill can. So that would be that would be fun. And I think that would be a, a perfect marriage. And and that wouldn't kill Samuel's, uh, I guess, fantasy outlook where a lot of teams really
1: could. How do you feel about that, Sean? Would it excite you and could it happen?
2: It'd be exciting and it could happen. The thing here, so much of... Uh, <laughs> I think listeners can probably tell that the Chiefs rhetoric in the last couple of days has been a little bit upsetting because one of the things <laughs> that Ben was saying, you know, very dramatically on stealing bananas was that he felt like the Seahawks were the worst dynasty manager in your league, where they hit on a player, and in this case, obviously for Seattle, it was Russell Wilson. But then they make all of these other mistakes, they're still fairly successful and they think that they're good when in fact it was just Russell Wilson. Now The situation with the Chiefs, Andy Reid is a a far better coach than Pete Carroll. The overall organization, because he's such a good coach, is set beyond Patrick Mahomes. I mean, they were successful, obviously not to quite the same level, but they were successful with Alex Smith, right? So it's not just Patrick Mahomes. But his competence and Patrick Mahomes' competence has covered up just a raft of mind-bogglingly poor decisions that the Chiefs have made both in the draft and in free agency. And so, you know, this whole deal with Tyreek Hill seems to have a lot of elements of these dynasty trades where you have a team that feels like for whatever reason they want to move one of their key assets, they make that move, they get back a package that kind of I mean, what the Chiefs got back was fine, just like what the Seahawks got back for Russell Wilson was fantastic, right? But then the thing that you can't do is go back and immediately spend all of that in a way that makes your team worse. And one of the things that they did was sign Marquez Valdez-Scantling, which just not a great use of a lot of the money that they saved from not paying Tyree Kill. So if you sign Marquez Valdez-Scantling and then you go out and turn around and trade for a different wide receiver and pay him, you're gonna end up losing in the long run in terms of what all of those transactions look like. Now, again, because you're the Chiefs and you do have this backdrop of Patrick Mahomes, then some of the stuff could still work out. So it, it actually still work out if they had Debo, but it would make it more difficult to address some of the other needs that they have because it's going to be very expensive. You know, I don't think that Debo is going to get traded just because you're going to have to give up a quarterback package to get him. And I think that makes it harder. I mean, Debo has done sort of the right things in terms of maximizing his leverage. I mean, you want to talk about starting the negotiation from a position of strength. He's just like, don't even make an offer. (laughs) Well, I mean, that changes what that first offer is, right? It makes it much higher still. Even though maybe they do trade him. It doesn't really matter to him. I mean, either way, it's going to work out. This don't even make me an offer move, trade me means that... Wherever you go, the team is very well anchored to this idea of, okay, we're going to have to pay him an absurd amount of money. And then, you know, he's going to have the okay over the plays and the schemes. Like, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's a lot going on there. Now, Debo is unbelievably good. I don't think it makes sense to use him as a runner. I think that they will go back to using him more as a wide receiver. It you know, if there's another team in which he would be the perfect fit, it is the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Because they did run into a problem with Edwards alar to where he can't be the receiving back. Debo, I don't think you want to be handing the ball. It doesn't sound like he wants to be handed the ball, but if you could use him as the receiving back, I mean, that would absolutely be fantastic for the Chiefs and what they do. Debo's actually a much better overall wide receiver than Tyreek Hill, who is a 4-2 guy who has Patrick Mahomes, right? Debo is actually a superstar. And so it would be a big upgrade. He's a younger guy. There are ways that that could work out. I still think it's really tricky in terms of working through all of the specifics of it and where kind of both teams would be, you know, once the trade actually took place, you know, if it ever got to that point.
1: And then the second part of that question was the Packers and the Chiefs both with two first round picks each. So what we might do is there's four first round picks between them. How many wide receivers do you think that are drafted with those four picks, Travis? And do I think not say zero, please. Don't say, I A-0. think, two. I think, two.
3: Uh, and yeah, that, that, that'll be fun. One for the Packers, one for the Chiefs. So they'll, they'll fill some other kind of need there. I think the Packers, um, if I was a Packers fan, I would really want, uh, at this like this point of Aaron Rodgers' career, like he just needs somebody who can get open by themselves. And when I look at the wide receivers that are already there uh and they have what alan lazard who has never really been a separator is randall cobb still there like is, yeah. <laughs> uh Sam, sammy watkins like uh and then a whole bunch of nothing i mean like Amari um, rogers may be in the future but man they need somebody who's a technician and, and, and if i'm looking for a technician i'm gonna go with chris Olave, uh, somebody who has proven to be an incredible uh deep threat uh, especially earlier in his career when he had to be but uh, he can work the intermediate he, he just makes his own separation with ease. And I think that's perfect for the Packers
2: uh,
3: with what they need right now. And, and, and with the chiefs, um, I think if they're planning ahead, uh, mixing in that with what they actually need right now, uh, they really do need more speed, but I think long-term, if they're thinking Travis Kelsey is on the back nine, uh, maybe the back three of his career, uh, they may look at another big bodied wide receiver if he actually can make it that far. And like I said, he might not, but if I were hoping to see like anybody fall to them and I think it'd be a good fit. uh, I think Drake London would be somebody that I think would fit that Travis Kelsey role in the future. So they, they use Travis Kelsey as like this big slot already, right? Drake, Drake London was actually before he was all over the place in his final season. In the spread formation for USC, he was actually primarily like a bigger slot option who uh, ran all the routes, could uh, get run after catch on screen situations and just moss people as well. And so if you wanted to utilize him in a similar role, uh, obviously he's a little bit small, quite a bit skinnier than Kelsey. But in the future, he he could be that because you're not ever going to get another Travis Kelsey. Like he's one of the greatest of all time. But if you get somebody that, that can just moss people and do a lot of the same thing, and is maybe more flexible and maybe a little bit more, a little bit faster, Drake London could be that. And that, that would be an underrated fit in, in my mind for the Chiefs.
1: It's going to be interesting. I, I think the Packers probably go wide receiver. I could see them trading back from one of those picks as well to try and fill out some other slots. But Sean, tra- Travis had two wide receivers out of those four picks. That's kind of where I'm sitting as well. Um, Do you think it'll be two, or do you think it could be more or less?
2: Well, before I answer that quickly, Travis, break down trey mcbride for us and sure. his profile
3: mm-hmm.
2: what kind of receiver is he what kind of athlete is he what kind of blocker is he
3: uh trey mcbride is is the clear runaway tight end one in this class and has been so for i don't know several months like i think that back to like october of last year i was like well i like trey mcbride he's on all of my college to Canton teams <laughs> and that's fantastic because he's clearly clearly the tight end one in this class and he was he was basically the Travis Kelsey of college football last year. I mean, he caught over 90 balls for like 1,100 yards and was perfection uh, for a for, uh, like production standpoint. Uh, he, it was against lower-level competition, but no one came close to producing the way that he did. And from a yardage and reception standpoint, Brock Bowers was incredible. Michael Mayer, incredible. They're both going to be first-round picks um, in their own classes in 23 and 24. But Trey McBride, while he's not Kyle Pitts – uh, can make one-handed catches. He can separate against defensive backs. Uh, he, he is just a well-balanced, dominant player who got 100% of Colorado State's touchdowns in 2020 and then followed it up with an 1,100-yard season in 2021. Uh, nobody came close to him, I, and I can say that over and over again because it's just unreal what he was doing week in, week out. If you had him in for college fantasy, congratulations. You won your league's championship because he – he just carried his team through the air. And I could I could definitely see him doing that again
2: uh, in the NFL. So I'm going to go two in terms of Packers and Chiefs. I'm going to go two to the Packers, zero to the Chiefs. I think the Packers are in a pretty cool situation where they could go both with a big and a small. We don't know if Olave or Williams will be the guy that makes it there. You kind of hope that one of the two guys make it there. I mean, there is a scenario in which the sort of five trendiest or four trendiest wide receivers go, you know, around that 15, 16 range, but Packers could go with say Williams and Burks. I think that would be very exciting in terms of what it sets them up for. The chiefs, let's project them to trade for both Lavisca Chenault and Kadarius Tony during the draft, and then select Trey (laughs) McBride, either with a move down or with one of their second round picks. And then you have that Gronkowski Hernandez, attack Andy Reid again I mentioned one of the best two or three coaches in the NFL this amazing scheme guy offensively an amazing play caller and someone who's willing to evolve to different things that are happening and one of the things that they did do last year was around midseason they were able to come up with some attacks to kind of get back going again after the very conservative defenses took them out of that a little bit they're going to have Ronald Jones he's going to be able to run the daylight they have some guys who are under i mean micole is basically just a you know toss them to the ball from one inch away and then let him try and run around the end and see if he can take it which he does sometimes i mean he's unbelievable with the ball in his hands you look at him and say do you want like three guys who kind of fit that with tony and chanel as well but i think that there's more to what those guys can do you have juju who there's the potential re-emerges as one of the best over the middle receivers in the entire nfl you have MVS to take the defense deep and if you put together that offense i mean one of the things too is if you make those moves tony and chanel much 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 less expensive than debo is it any likelihood that they would get to ever be like him probably not but if you trade for both of them then you've got two shots at it you want to do things inexpensively that have upside as opposed to overpaying for something that still has a huge bust risk which is what the chiefs have (laughs) sent the message that they're going to do but if you did that you would have this opportunity of one of those guys to work out mcbride i think is the player who is just so exciting kind of in this range and in this draft you put him with kelsey number one the two tight end approach you you could just eviscerate the nfl with it but then number two you have somebody to kind of fill in behind kelsey in that scenario you would certainly hope that kelsey doesn't look at that as them saying you know we think you're on your last legs because even though he's in his 30s i mean he's the best tight end in football but it would accomplish multiple things for them. And so I don't know. There's a lot of cool stuff that could happen. That the chiefs could do in this draft and look, Let's be optimist right now. Let's say the Chiefs are gonna do that. Kadarius, Tony, LaVisca, Chenault on the Kansas City Chiefs this time next week.
1: Yeah, Sean, I always love when we get into bold predictions because I'm always wondering like, is it just gonna be a quick one? But Sean like really gets the crystal ball out. So Man. if that one does happen and we're doing the show next week, I, I don't know what we <laughs> what we do, but uh that that's that's one I think Trey McBride would be be super fun if that if that did happen. Um and yeah. look. I think that would really revitalize Vizca's uh, dynasty stock too. So I, I would be down for that. Uh, the last one we're going to do as we get ready to finish up is round one trade. So I guess we'll you can include all types of trades if picks are moved. So if it is players plus picks who are veterans, I suppose we can count that. But we talked and Sean mentioned about trades for quarterbacks. And obviously we could see how things play out. But I think over under five trades in the first round, um do you want to go over or under, Travis?
3: I'll go under. Uh, I think it's like when we're in a league or any kind of rookie draft where there's kind of a more more chalk class where there's like and there's clear tier breaks here and here and here, and I know I need to trade up around this range, or I know I need to trade up here to get this exact guy. Uh, but when there's more confusion uh, or disagreement with classes. Um, you, you don't have all these trade-ups because you think – everyone thinks, oh, my guy's going to drop because there's like five wide receivers in this tier or uh, three or four running backs in this tier or four – you know uh, in this class, that's a great example. There's five quarterbacks where I have no idea how my league mates are valuing all these five quarterbacks. And I think the league is kind of right there, especially once we get past the obvious names. There's, there's just – wider tiers for a lot of these positions i mean offensive tackle i mean that that i think that pushes a lot of these other positions down because the offensive line is so freaking deep this year like there's like six or seven that are going to go way earlier than i think we projected even like back in january so uh, i think people are just going to take their guy and um, they're going to be okay with uh, getting some similar players down the line uh, which is is not normal for first rounds because like Normally, I feel like there's like 20 plus players that are locked in, locked in first round picks, and then this year I just don't. We don't see that with quarterbacks. We don't see that necessarily with running backs at all. uh Wide receivers, like it's it's take your pick from like the top six or seven, I think, for a lot of people. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be under.
1: So Travis goes under five. I'm going to go with seven. So Sean, will leave you with over under seven uh trades. I think we're going to the the league seems to have got more into their their dynasty vibe where their uh, more trades are happening so maybe some of the general managers around the league are more comfortable making those moves so i'm going to go with seven um where are you sitting sean for first round trades well
2: let's just make it as exciting as possible i'll go over but i also want to seed my explanation time not that we're supposed to have any on the sort of rapid fire but seed it to travis because i did want to ask him one more question here with outside of rashad white do you have a guy that you're dreaming that he gets picked at a spot where you can still then dream about him again next week. Do you have a guy where you're just desperately hoping the NFL sees him the way you do and goes maybe on day two? Uh, I, I think no. I mean, like
3: Rashad White is definitely the obvious obvious name for me. Uh, and I've, I've felt that way for a long time because he had he was maybe the best receiving back in the country last year. Uh, He was maybe the most efficient back in the country the year before that, and yes, he went the JUCO route, went an odd route, uh, and he's a little bit older. But man, like, if he gets day two value and is in a spot to smash early, like, it's going to be impossible to get him in in redraft or in redraft leagues. It's going to be impossible to get him in and even rookie drafts because people are so desperate for running backs to just hit, you know. And so, I hope he. Uh, Smashes because I already have him everywhere. Like, I already have him again in all my W leagues and like college to get in leagues. Like, I've it's that rare instance where I've already locked my favorite player up. And if he just lands there, like that would be perfection. But I think if there was one other than him, it would actually be uh, the ghost of Kyron Williams because people have assumed that he is is dead apparently after his uh, embarrassing display at the Combine. Um, but again at his pro day, he improved his time, and you, you can put an asterisk by that if you want. But Kyron Williams was not as slow, I don't think, as he ran on that day at the combine. Like, if you look at who he's outrunning and some of the players he's outrunning in several of his games, uh like had much faster times than he did at the 40. And so, like game speed for him, I don't really have any concern. And so if I get him at a discount, he, he sneaks into the back end of round three but people are like, man, uh, he's just, he's that slow guy. He's still running his 40 today. And I, I think he's, he, he could still, even, even if he sneaks into day two in a low key, awesome situation because people already killed him off two months ago. Um, I think he, he's still value. So Kyron Williams, and he's just as incredible as a receiver and uh, he's a balanced back. He doesn't have the size necessarily, uh, but man, he's a really fun talent. And I think, We weren't all wrong on on Kyron Williams. Like we like it in the Debbie community, we liked Kyron Williams because of what he brought as a receiver. And in today's game, he's he's a perfect back, just maybe five, 10 pounds under what we want him to be. But yeah, Kyron Williams would be the other player that I'm hoping for.
2: That's a cool name to hear. I've got an article that just came out on Williams that offers a little bit of optimism. And as you pointed out, you know, he's he's probably more athletic than people realize. And it's a situation where people do like to discount the pro days. There's some reason to, you know, have a little bit of an asterisk or at least realize that it was a pro day as compared to the combine, but you have guys like David Bell and Isaiah Spiller, both players. I like, I'm not against those players, but when they did their work at the pro days, we're not able to really improve on their athletic profiles and erase some of those doubts. So the fact that Williams did that also put up a good three-cone time, that is meaningful for him. It'll be exciting to see where he goes. I'm going to have my player that I'm hoping desperately gets into a decent draft slot tomorrow on Stealing Bananas and Column. Travis said it again. He's always fantastic to have on the show.
1: Yeah, absolutely awesome. And Travis did tease, obviously, the road of his rookie guide, which will be coming out after the NFL draft. To be able to find Travis's work on that. You can find him on Twitter as well, at FF underscore Travis M. And obviously, the great college to Canton podcast as well with Stefan Lacoe. But Travis, as we get ready to wrap up, we want to thank you for jumping on. Nobody else we'd rather have on, on draft week to get us ready. And I'm really excited for this one. Two fun shows uh, ready for the NFL draft now. Thanks for jumping on, as always. I right, thank you guys. Appreciate you guys.
3: And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see how this draft actually plays out. And I, I really hope like nine wide receivers really going round one. That would be amazing. <laughs> oh man. Fantasy drafts would go just absolutely bonkers.
1: Well, that was a, a lot of fun, Sean, uh, going rapid fire through some of those predictions. Hopefully as the listeners were listening and they were thinking maybe, you know, what way we were going, what they would do, what they think the answers are. And I think it's going to be a super fun draft Uh, So, you know, I mentioned the the change to the schedule this week, uh, is OT on Monday, Tuesday, and Saturday evening this week. I do just want to give a mention to the show we did on Sunday, Sean, which was a rookies and sophomores draft. So if people are haven't heard that already but do want to get that content on saturday morning to have something to listen to they will have the opportunity to listen to that and of course we'll be talking And at that point you'll know where a lot of those rookies and sophomores have landed in the uh, nfl draft process so it'll be very interesting to review that team even a couple of days from now so do check out that show but sean travis uh just so so good um all the stuff we covered there have you any final thoughts before we wrap up ahead of the nfl draft here
2: No final thoughts, really. I mean, that got me fired up for the draft. I mean, you could tell that my uh, enthusiasm level and my, I don't know if we should just call it creativity, but the sort of dream scenarios there, what the Chiefs will do, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful they come out of this draft looking good. Obviously, the other 31 teams, we're interested in them as well. I'd like to see the fantasy players balanced out onto teams to make everybody more valuable one of the things that is the least fun on draft weekend is if you have you know two or three guys where the team didn't need to draft on top of them and they did anyway and now you're sitting uh, with some players where you're kind of worried about their workload so we're rooting for the entire ot audience that you don't have that happen to you and that your home team makes the perfect pick in this weekend's nfl drafts and we'll be back to to share it with you this weekend Colin wanted just to mention that the underdog tools will be coming out shortly. We're going to have the NFL draft. We're going to have the new best ball mania tournament going. Michael Dubner has some crazy research from the tools and from his overall research that he's been doing. He's got some great best ball research out on the site right now jump in, get your subscription. If you want to win that and or maximize your chance to make money through Underdog, one of the things that was kind of interesting last year is just how much money we made separate from the big tournament winnings. Michael's got just such perfect tactical guidelines for you and evidence-based research come from a variety of different areas. It's really going to be absolutely perfect and especially if you're getting in there now and signing up for underdog and as you've mentioned column you can get that 100 deposit bonus by using the coupon code rotoviz when you sign up up to hundred dollars so put that hundred dollars in there get hundred dollars 200 to work with win the best ball mania two million dollar i believe grand prize this year but yeah i guess uh, my excitement for it gets more and more every day looking at the tools what blair is doing what michael's doing what some of the other guys are doing yeah
1: and final plugs as we wrap up make sure you are subscribed to the road of his youtube channel to get that show with sean ben and the ship chasing guys this thursday night there will be other drafts happening on, on friday sean and ben are doing a show we're going to do a show on saturday as well myself ben and sean so check all that out It will be up Live on the road of his youtube channel and of course drop us that written review. the most entertaining one will win themselves that copy of the road of his draft guide so that is going to tie us up here hopefully you've enjoyed both episodes if you are just hearing this one now and you missed the one that we aired on monday because it was a day early we did talk with travis may about the quarterbacks and wide receivers head back and check that one out but thanks as always for tuning in enjoy the nfl draft we will be back on the far side of it my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. And of course, check out all of Sean's work up on Rotowiz.com, including covering a lot of these prospects that will be going in the NFL draft this week. Some fantastic uh, individual write-ups by Sean up on roadways.com. Check those out. And until we're back, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rodavis Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio Podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotevizradio at gmail.com, follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rodavis Radio homepage, roteviz.com forward slash podcast.